is up guys it is the happy hour hoops podcast jake and dunny as always it's the triple h podcast your one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage and listening to our ice cold basketball takes everything nba all the time we got it but before we get into things i gotta tell you guys everyone listening out there any any male listeners trim that junk of yours guys and the best way to do that is with manscaped They have the best technology in men's below-the-waist grooming. So everyone go over to manscaped.com and use the code word TRAINWRECK at checkout for 20% off and free shipping because Happy Hour Hoops and Trainwreck Sports are brought to you by Manscaped. Jake, let's uh, we we got bigger things on our hands right now. Yes, sir. Uh, we got we got we got some NBA talk as usual, but we're going to start the show about NBA officials because there is a war on refs <laughs> happening right now in the NBA, and it's it's getting real. It is getting very real. <laughs> Ref warfare. I love to hear it. <laughs> I mean, it's something that's been around forever, but it's it's uh it's becoming an issue right now. If I, if I do say so myself. So Mitchell last night. He got he got ejected in overtime, right? That was that was when it happened, or late fourth quarter. I'm pretty sure it was overtime. And the Jazz have been getting the Jazz. This has been a running thing for the Jazz the last couple of weeks. They feel they feel very very disrespected by the league so far. Like they're not getting calls. Like they're just they're they're just getting disrespected. So he said here the quote: "We won this game. My personal opinion is getting fucking ridiculous. It's really really getting out of hand. The league needs to do something about this." Um, yeah, Embiid was Embiid was basically motioning to the ref, asking him to, you know, tee up Mitchell and eject him. He got the ejection. A little hometown crowd, a little not even crowd action, just hometown call action there at the end of that game. Uh, it was definitely a Vegas call, I think, in my opinion. The same thing we got the Booker ejection the other night against the Lakers, which Braun acted, Braun acted very animated. To whatever Booker said, like he looked like shocked at whatever Devin Booker had said to the refs. So, and LeBron's probably heard everything in the book <laughs> from a, two officials. And you know, sometimes he does like to embellish things. But uh, whatever he said, Book must have said something serious. But I think it's just been this whole year. Like, the, there's no crowd, there's no noise at all, and so any like, dude, fucking Montrezl Harrell got a tech the other day oh, for yes. yelling and one. Forgot to put. I was literally. I had all of them written out. I forgot like, to put that one in our dog. What the Crazy. fuck, bro? I've heard. You know, how many, you know how many players do that on layups on any attack to the rim, and they yell and one like people. Russell Westbrook, they, Russell they, Westbrook wouldn't even be in the league anymore. You'd have so many technicals, bro. Oh my god! I was, <laughs> yeah, that's by far the worst one. Like that's probably getting the least attention because I mean we're talking about. You know, Booker, Mitchell, and then the one I want to bring up after we dive deeper into the the Mitchell and Booker one is JJ Redick. So I guess he's not as much of a household name as those guys. But yeah, Montrez, that that was crazy. I mean, so many guys yell and one when they drive to the hoop. And how quick it came. Like, it was like, I don't know. It was not like he was in the ref's face or anything. He was already at half court by the time the technical was called. Like he was running, he was running away after he scored the bucket and he just, you know, he's animated. Like, I think that's my biggest issue with this. It's just like, 
it just seems like the refs this season, and you made a good point about the there being no fans and them hearing more, but it just seems like they're almost trying to bottle up these players' emotions. And that's one of the best things about basketball is how close, you know, everyone is and how close to the stands the game is and how five on five, like all the actions right in front of you. Um, and, you know, w- that's one of the best parts is just seeing all the emotion come out of these players. And of course the technical foul is there for a reason. Um, if people cross the line, they should be penalized, but you know, some of this is real bad. Um, obviously Mitchell speaking his mind. I thought the offensive foul with Mitchell to begin with, I don't know if you saw it. It was like a weird spin move on Simmons and him and Simmons arms are just like locked. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so I, I, I understand him being frustrated at first, but then I, I think the part that bothered me most is what you touched on is Embiid basically calling for Mitchell's ejection and kind of was awarded with it. Like I, if Embiid wasn't pleading his case, I don't know if that ref would have, teed up Mitchell for the second time and tossed him. Um, but, you know, like you said, it, I mean, it happens like that sometimes, especially a, a home court for whatever reason. Obviously, it's not supposed to be that way, but that's what we saw. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just – it's it's been a thing, like – man, like it's been a thing for a couple years now, like not even a couple years, like since as long as I've been watching it. Like you, the refs just don't want to get shown up, right? Like they don't want dudes like yelling in their faces, like – complaining like that and it's it, i mean lebron's like the worst the one of the worst people at it chris paul obviously is always in ref's ears anything like that but it just seems like like this year like the the calls are just so quick like coaches been getting weird have been getting weird texts on the sideline like i i don't it's not about the officials like the officials no. especially at the end of these games love to make these games about oh themselves and it's just oh that at the end of this war on the ref <laughs> But yeah, like yeah. the Booker thing the other night, though the Booker thing the other night, it literally like the first thing I thought was like, oh, that's that's like a Vegas a Vegas ref call, like because yeah. why else would that dude like they knew the Lakers were going down in that game, it was it was starting to turn, and then all of a sudden like, oh, let's get Booker out of here real quick, and it was a quick two text too, and it was my, like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, my biggest issue with the Booker ejection is that. So he got technical for what you were explaining earlier. Him that yeah, we don't know what was said, but you, like LeBron's reaction was, you know, a little shock. So obviously he had some words for the referee. I'm fine with that technical. You know, people get teed up for that. He probably cursed or whatever. But the second technical and ejection came on him bouncing the ball back to the referee, and it was a little aggressive. I mean, it was hard for how close they were to together but the craziest part was the ref that teed him up and ejected him wasn't even the one receiving the bounce pass yeah so so a ref not involved like you don't know if it was malicious or not and if like so what if it was he just got teed up like obviously he's gonna be mad he was mad about the call in the first place and then he was passing the ball back to the referee like he he had no words after that like i just i could not believe that and that that's what i put in here uh jj reddick's a few weeks ago against the celtics yeah same thing. Similar. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he got teed up the possession before because the refs had missed a call. And when Reddick got ejected, he actually, it was actually a call going against the Celtics for him. Reddick was about to go to the line, I believe, or it's going to be a side out of bounds. And Reddick did one of those like sick, like when you put like a bunch of torque on the ball and like he threw it from the paint 
and like spun it around guys and it bounced like quickly at the ref and like hit him in like the knees and like it wasn't a good pass but like he was just getting the ball to the referee immediately i think same thing i think a ref who the ball wasn't going to teed him up and ejected him like i just like i don't understand the whole like getting the ball back to the referee thing like we saw westbrook a few years ago throw the ball to the ref and like when he wasn't looking it domed him like hit him right in the head (laughs) And he got teed up for that. And, like, even he was shocked at that point. Like, honestly, I'm fine with that. Like, if you hit a ref in the head, like, that's probably on you. Like, even if the guy <laughs> wasn't looking, like, why pass the ball? Man. But it's yeah. just – we're having some crazy, crazy issues with referees. Yeah, bro. It's, 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 it's been out of hand for a while in the NBA. Like, these dudes always just want – I don't get it. I just don't get it. Like, they always – somehow, some way – these refs are always, 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 always involved in, in just in the end of games at some point in the game and every single NBA game you watch, the ref will put their imprint on the game at some point, whether it's a review, whether it's a tech, whether it's technicals coming up, just stupid shit. And it's like, I don't want to know that you're there like that. When a ref, when I don't know what a ref is there, that's when the ref, a ref is doing their best job. Mm. And it's just like, you, like, I know, you know, these rest by names, bro. Like we know like Mark Davis is the worst ref I've ever seen in any sport. Why should I know his name? I don't want to know who the fuck these guys that's, are. That's I really my don't. Beef with it. It's like, I know all the, like the young referees. Like I knew Joey <laughs> Crawford because the dude was a hundred years old. Yeah. Like I'm fine with knowing Joey Crawford because that guy penguin slid on his stomach once trying to run up the court. Like I want to know refs for that. I want to know refs because they're chalking it up with LeBron during a, f- a free throw. You know, like, I, like, oh, I don't like, like how they're getting all this TV time. And my biggest thing with the referees, you know, these three incidents are obviously alarming and they should be addressed and by more people than just happy hour hoops. Um, but the review, dude, I hate it. I think the challenge should go. I think I don't like it for basketball. I think it's bad for the sport. I don't like it at the end of games. Um, obviously, there's missed calls, and it, it was a good idea. I like trying it out, but I'm out on it, dude. I don't. I don't want. I don't want the challenge. It's stupid because you know how we say players are already arguing for calls pretty much after any drive with contact. Now they're calling for a review after almost every play. And it's just like, yeah. I don't want to see this. <laughs> oh, like, every he, time. Draymond last day. night. Draymond yeah. last night at the end of that game when he gets the charge and he's automatically just going like this. Like, no, bro, you fucking – it was a charge. It was a charge. The thing that pisses me off about it is like that – like a block charge call, it should be made in the moment. Like it should be like a judgment call. If you see it, however the ref sees it, they you should call that and move on with it. Like – I understand, like, the only thing I think they should use reviews for is if a shot leaves somebody's hand and if it goes out of bounds at the end of the last two minutes like they used to do. Because yeah. the block charge thing is just ridiculous. Like, we're we're going to be looking at and judging, like, how the millisecond that a dude's foot slid and maybe was still for, like, 0.2 seconds because you're watching it in slow motion. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, it's yeah. human error, is, like, the... the all these sports just have tried to eliminate human error when it comes to refing. And it's like, why, why are we so against it? Like, why? Like can't everyone, we just yeah, like everyone knew it? that was going to be the case when refs were put into sports in the first place. Like people get shit wrong, dude. The same thing as players missing shots or missing free throws. It's like, you should make those. You should make a free throw at the end of the game. Yeah. So always. No, 
is a ref always going to get a call right? No. I had a basketball coach growing up who literally he would like like if there was a if we had a game with shitty refs, like the first thing he would say in the locker room afterwards, never blame the refs. It was not the refs' fault. I've never met a ref that I liked. Like just mm-hmm. it should be as simple as that. Like you're going to hate refs. Refs mm-hmm. are going to be bad at their job sometimes. That that's just that's the way it is. But the challenge, in my opinion, is just is worse for the game, and it's making them worse at their job. I don't want it, like you said. We I don't want any more of the referee shows at the end of the game where they're getting more screen time than the players. It's crazy, and the flow is just fucked. Like you don't get like a bat. Like I was watching like the end of Baylor West Virginia the other day, and it was just so nice to just see like they had they had they did have a review for like uh, out of bounds play I think, but it was so nice to see like. The last two minutes, like I think Baylor, Baylor came down, hit a three, and then there was a call down at the other end, and it was just like it was just like float, like it was an actual basketball game back and forth where they were just coming down, no timeouts, no referee stoppages, and they're just flowing and playing basketball. It's like the end of an NBA game. You're never, you're not getting basketball for like the last two minutes anymore. You're getting, you're gonna get a review call on an out of bounds, and then someone's gonna go hard into the paint and get a charge, and they're gonna review that, and they're gonna review, you know, it's just. It's like, where's the flow in the game? And then even when you get to the end of a game, Ryan Rosillo was talking about this on his podcast, I think like a month ago or something, that like buzzer beaters are basically fucked now because every time there's a buzzer beater, you know that you can't really get that excited about it because you know it's going to have to go to review yeah. or watch it or go like see Seriously, something like that. And it's like, I, it's like, you, like the, the natural reaction that you want to get like excited about seeing a moment like that is it's gone now like it's delayed because you have to be like oh they got to go check it out and then it's like afterwards like yeah like we're but it's not the same bro it's just like i don't i don't know it's just reviewing all sports is i i hate it in all sports honestly like they're in the nhl they do it for offsides now and it's just like how can you pop like you can go back 40 seconds and change a call like if you missed it you missed it like how is yeah. that anybody else exactly. if it's egregious whatever same in the nfl like some of the shit they do in the nfl with like fumbles and catches and shit it's like what are we talking about here like what are what are we doing yeah yeah, refs are out of control just in general like it's just it's it's become too much they want to take too much control of these leagues and it's just it ruins the flow of some of these games especially at the end when you're waiting for like an exciting finish uh yeah i i completely agree but before before we move on here we got some uh we got some hot takes for you guys um what what do you think? Like, do you think anything can slash will be done about this? Um, do, like, how do you think this can be addressed or fixed? I mean, Adam Silver's in the NBA, they're pretty good about listening to their players. And now we've had three, four, five, six players, you know, speak out about this. And, you know, as we saw with Donovan Mitchell, he didn't shy away from his emotions. Um, like what, like Silver and the NBA are pretty good about, you know, getting stuff done for their players, um, especially something with referees. You know, I feel like they put in the challenge for like it, it, it's for the game, but it was for the players, too. Um, so now maybe do we see like a reverse type of thing here? And I mean, obviously, I'm, I I was harping on the challenge. I think it's a bigger issue. Um, do, I don't know. Do you think Silver will do anything about this or come out with a statement or anything? No, I don't think they're doing anything. I think they're going to keep it exactly how it is right now because they – they've they've taken precedence to wanting to get calls right because i think they were tired about hearing when that when they the refs especially like the refs union is tired about hearing that they get calls wrong in these big spots so the refs really want all these they want all these outlets to try to help like 
help them get these calls right, which understandable, whatever. But it just seems like they're abusing everything at this point, and it's just it's just become crazy. I've my my rule, my rule that I've always thought of. I've brought, thought about this for football, and I think it it can go to basketball too. If you can't see it in ninety seconds, then you don't know. What, then you don't need to keep looking at it. Like yeah. at least, like there should be a shot clock on the refs. Like yeah. you don't, you shouldn't get, you shouldn't get seven minutes to look over a block charge call. You don't need that. If you can't figure it out in two minutes, stick with your call and just go, because there's it, that. That is what ruins the flow of the game. It should be no longer than a TV timeout. Especially in the NFL too. Like, like how many times are you sitting watching an NFL game on a Sunday and you see a catch and you're like, after like the first three replays, you're like, oh, that's a catch, and then they go for five more minutes. And you're just yeah. watching the same replays over and over again. Like, how can I <laughs> make the call for my coach drunk as a skunk, dude, on the fucking f- first replay you show me? But they're they're over at those stupid tiny monitors with their huge, huge headphones on. I'm like, why do you even need sound, dude? <laughs> like, I know there's probably people talking to them from that are also watching it. Yeah. Like, everything about it just ticks me off, dude. That's the other thing is I don't understand why it's I don't understand why it's the official who is at the game. Like why is there not a replay official for every single game? And some and they are up there looking at the calls and they're they should be the ones making the decision. Like they should make the final decision, call it in, you get 90 seconds. If they don't do it, they're like, all right, just keep it rolling. It, it just like get the I don't mind the reviews. I mind the time that the reviews take. Like that's really my biggest thing. And I I think give them a shot clock. You you make players get a shot clock, NFL, you get a play clock. Like you get mm. rest, get a ref clock. Like you get 90 seconds, you get two minutes to make your determination on this call. And if you don't have it, if you don't think that you have enough evidence, then you just keep you, whatever you call on the floor, it stands and you keep the game rolling. And the players would, I think the players would appreciate that too. I don't think player, what NBA player you think in the last minute and a half of a game wants to sit on the bench for six minutes, waiting to find out if they have the ball or not. Like they no. would, it, I guarantee you, even the guys, if the call's going against these guys, I guarantee you, they'd rather just be back out there fucking playing and trying to figure it out. Like, it's just, it just, it's counter, it's counterintuitive to how being an athlete works, like stopping in the middle of your fucking athletic contest and then trying to ramp up and get back to full speed and full, like after you're in that rhythm for a full game and get back to like full chemistry, everything, like it just, it doesn't make sense. And it, it, I think it hurts the product at the end of these games because how many times do you see like casual NBA fans talking shit about how long it takes at the end of basketball games? Like you don't want that when yeah. they, that's when that's the type of shit that is going to keep people watching is the end of these games. I know because people who don't really enjoy basketball like as much as like you know us and the other crazy NBA fans out there, they always say, "Oh, all you need to do is watch the fourth quarter." Well, all those viewers that the NBA have, those people who only watch the fourth quarter, they're going to start losing people if the fourth quarter takes just as long as a fucking full half now. Uh I I don't know, man. I I feel like we could spend a whole episode (laughs) on refs, and I'm sure, you know, if we had a bigger platform, then some of these players would come on and rant themselves, and maybe (laughs) we could use that little FBI anonymous voice thing and just make them sound like this, and they're shit on the refs the whole time talking like (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It's Something's got to change. Probably won't, though. Like you said, maybe this is something they can address in the offseason. I hope so. Um, even a slight change would be good. But, uh, I, you know, I agree with the players. They they need to be able to express their emotions in – you know, some sort of guidelines, but it, it's it's getting a little crazy. 
But uh, you you want to go on to some to some new takes because we did our twelve takes of Christmas um, earlier in this season, and now we have some you know kind of right before the All Star break halfway takes for the second half. Yeah, so we'll finish up here with the with our second half predictions and just kind of run through those, talk about that a little bit. I'll, I'll go back through my some of the ones that I had at the beginning of the season. I said. I mean, Lakers going undefeated in the West playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen. But we're obviously not in the playoffs yet, so we'll we see. What the Utah Jazz have been doing exactly. The Suns, second best team in the West. I feel like that's still that's still a very big possibility. I think they could end up second place in the West there. So I'm not holding out. Hope. I think they're the two seed right now. Yeah, yeah. So they just got to finish ahead of the the Clippers and Lakers, which that'll be part of my predictions coming up soon. Kings and Cavs will most make the playing games. That's not happening. Uh, Celtics should be going to Jalen at the end of games and not Tatum. I they haven't really done that uh, that much, but nah. they still should be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, they have they have in some cases. The other night, I mean, they definitely that clip or not the Clippers game. Um, maybe I am thinking of the Clippers game. I don't know. I, I've seen him, I've seen him in the last couple of games. I've watched getting the ball late and making these those little mid range jumpers that I'm like, why is he taking these right now? And then they go in, so it, it usually works out. Uh, the Warriors should trade Draymond and Clay. That's definitely not happening. The Rockets didn't keep Harden, so that doesn't make any sense. And the Bucks won't be the top four in the East. Uh, that's probably not going to happen either. So my takes from the first half of the season, not great. So we're going to come back with the second half ones. Revamped, ready to go here. I'll start off here with my first one. Damian Lillard is going to win MVP. Wow. I don't really have much more to say. I think if – I think if – I think the narrative can get going real quick here for Dame. Mm-hmm. And if they start rattling off wins and end up keep in the top four of the West or, you know, really above 500 and, and contending with those top four seeds in the West, there's nobody more deserving of an MVP than Damian Lillard. He just hasn't had the team success to get up there. So if they have the team success this year, I would love to see Dame win MVP. So I'm going with that, trying to manifest it for my boy. Yeah, it's kind of – I believe just today, CJ McCollum got cleared for practice too. Um, and this is one of those weird ones. It's like team success and like record McCollum would help Dame in that case for the MVP. But you almost think like numbers-wise, if McCollum stays sidelined, he might have a better shot at winning the MVP. Obviously, for him, he'd rather have McCollum back regardless. But like if we're talking actually if, if Dame were to win the MVP – I think it might benefit him more if McCollum were to stay sidelined because this is kind of where we saw him take that jump. Like beginning of the season, Blazers were hurting, like both literally and figuratively, because they had a bunch of injuries. But you know, Dan, they were struggling. They started out really poor, and then you know they started to turn a little. CJ got hurt, and then you know Dame was kind of ca- just carrying the team. That's like what he does best, though. I mean, I feel like back against the wall. That's when Dame thrives and that's a reason that he's deserving of, of an MVP. And I think you're right. I mean, Dame is one of those guys who should, you know, be honored with that. But like you said, record is a big thing that goes into it and team success. So we will see. Yes, sir. So what do you got first here? Uh, my first one is a Homer take and is that Boston will finish with a better record than Philly and Milwaukee. Even though they're only two games above 500 right now. One game above 500? Two games? Two. Two Give games? them yeah. their credit. No, one. 18 and 17. Oh, is it one? Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought it was two. 
and Milwaukee's tw- for just for their three games behind Milwaukee and far behind Philly. Five five and a half games behind Philly. So is this conducive with them making a deal? Because the today the the rumors came out from Shams with his big trade deadline article that they were in there. The Celtics are currently, as you know, Danny Age, the famous, oh, we're close to getting these guys. They're talking about acquiring Vucevic, which we've talked about before, and Jeremy Grant, which is a very, very interesting. I would love that. Name. A third day. Yeah. The exact third J. Yeah. It'd be perfect. <laughs> the J is 3 Um <laughs> The three muscajays, no, but um, yeah, I this uh, this is just in general whether they make a move or not. I think um, that's 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 my first take. All right, I'm with it. I mean, I don't, I I, I think got some work to do with Philly. I think they could definitely finish with a better better record than Milwaukee, though. Yeah, I'm still not high on Milwaukee going into the second half of the season here. Mm-hmm. Um, Philly, I mean, who knows with Philly? Like Philly needs some pieces too. Kyle Lowry going to Philly would be the big the move if they get That'd back something crazy. like that. That's I would like, like that for Philly fans. I would just like that for basketball, honestly. Yeah, it would be. I feel like he's the perfect kind of fit for just Philly, like the city in general. Like they would love Kyle Lowry, but Jeremy Grant, that like on that quick, that that's the perfect person to join the Boston Celtics this year. Like, oh, I was I giddy. Vooch, I was giddy when I saw that. <laughs> I know Vooch is like the big name right now and he's been killing it, but he can't play no fucking defense. And in the series against Embiid, he's going to get eaten alive. Not that Tyson Thompson or Robert Williams might not either, but at least with Jeremy Grant, the small ball lineup you can do with Kemba smart and the three J's right there. That'd be unreal. Deadly. It'd be an unle- unreal scoring lineup. And then the, the scoring pop you could get from him. If you need to take Kemba off the floor for defense too, like it's still there. I think that's their biggest worry with taking Kemba off the floor right now is they just don't know they can get scoring from the rest of everybody else. But if Jeremy mm-hmm. Grant's there, they they don't got to worry about that. Yeah. So, let's see what happens. It, 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 hopefully Danny's just not close. Hopefully he's going to make something happen here. All right, my second one, the Lakers will finish fourth in the West. And I might even say that they could finish fifth behind Portland if my Damian Lillard thing comes out. I just don't think they give a shit about the regular season anymore. I think they're just. I think at this point they're going to get into the second half. AD's not going to come back till like April, probably at this point. Bron mm-hmm. didn't play last night for the first time, so he's going to start probably resting these games and everything. It just. Uh, I don't know. I just think that I think that they're in like full 2018 Cavs mode, where they're just going to be like, "Nah, fuck the regular. Like we don't care about this regular season shit at all," and just get everybody healthy because that's really the most important thing for them. Like we know what they can do if they're healthy, especially if they add some pieces here, but. I just don't think they care about what seed they are in the playoffs anymore. Yeah. I know. It's, uh, I feel like you see that with a lot of LeBron James teams. Mm-hmm. Um, just like kind of like he always says that he's like he cares about the regular season. And I'm sure he does. I'm not saying he doesn't care about the regular season. But it's like obviously at the start of every season, LeBron has a championship on his mind and that's it. I mean, even before his first ring with those – pretty you know miserable Cavaliers teams that he led to playoff runs I I think that was his end goal and same thing now I mean year 18 he's gonna have to start resting at some point like you said it'll probably be second half of the season maybe they wait for Davis's return start resting James more but I agree I, I mean I could see them taking a cut um and dropping a bit in the west but I don't think 
that would hurt them in the playoffs at all. And I'm sure you agree. I think they could still make it to the West Finals, yeah. you know, not easily, but the same. it will be the same um, level of difficulty whether they were the one seed or the five seed. Well, it'll be easy when the Jazz lose in the first round. They get to play the eight seed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you got next uh, for your guess here? Uh, TJ McConnell of the Indiana Pacers will make – Either the first or the second, but I'm probably going to go second because that's more likely. Second team all defense. And that's because my man had 10 steals last yeah, night. It was painful. Wednesday was night. Painful. This is coming out Friday. But Wednesday night, TJ McConnell for the Indiana Pacers had a triple-double with steals. And it was 16 points, 13 assists, and 10 steals, dude. And that's crazy. I don't even like TJ McConnell. I honestly like he's one of those dudes who's like one of those athletes that just like has a punchable face to me. Oh yeah. And it's not that like I respect his game. Um, but I just like he always bugs me when he's on <coughs> this this started when he was on Philly for me. Um, I just really did I hated him. I hated his face. He reminded me of uh players I used to play against at AAU that I didn't like. Um, but th- like incredible, dude! Triple double of steals. I feel like McConnell did not get enough love on social media last night. Um, mostly probably because of all the ref stuff that was going on. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I see it. I mean, if you can put up ten steals in a game, if he even keeps up half that average, he, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's unlikely that he gets for, obviously averages five steals a game. But seeing that, I, I, I like it. I want a second team all defense for my man. Yeah, it was painful to watch. The Cavs had 25 turnovers last night, man. And they were up by I, – I, when I turned that game on, they were up by, like, 16. I was like, nice. Like, nice, easy cruise to this win over Indiana. And then just TJ McConnell just decided he was – I don't even – I don't even have a comparison. I've never I've never seen anything like that in a basketball NBA basketball game. So, yeah, good for TJ McConnell. Uh, fuck him for last night. But, uh, but <laughs> I'm glad he had a good night. Uh, all right, so I'm going to go next here with the New York Knicks ending up as a top five seed in the Eastern Conference. I just like the Knicks. I like this team. I think that, dude, Frank Nicolakina is getting run now. Like, everybody was trying to get him back on the court, and now he's getting starts for for Tibbs. I think Tibbs is just doing the damn thing there. Like, he's just – he's getting those guys to play hard. Those guys – and this team really has bought into, like, wanting to – bring good basketball, enjoyable basketball back to New York. And it, it's working for him so oh, far. And Randall's fucking killing it. RJ Barrett's kind of coming into his own. Derek Rose has been added a nice pop off the bench quickly has been a great, great rookie so far. So, I mean, you look at like the bottom half of the East, like who are they really contending with? Like, I think they're better than the Pacers at this point um, yeah. with, with just the injuries and everything that happened to the Pacers. And then it's like the Hornets. I mean, like, like the, those types of teams that, um, Orlando, like Washington, like all those bottom half teams, like nobody really impresses me over over the Knicks. I think they could get to that four spot, depending on what your Celtics end up doing. That's why I said top five, like that four or five. But man, a four or five matchup of Boston, New York, and hopefully we get some fans in there in May. Sign me up all day, every day for that series, man. That would be so much fun. Not that I wouldn't love the series. I, I've... And I, I, am, I am rooting for this next team. I just, don't, I don't think they would stand a chance against the Celts in a, in a playoff series. I also, and I'm not just saying that, like being a Celtics homer. I just, I don't know how well they would even match up with a Washington if they're in the playoff picture. Then, 
I think like a Charlotte Knicks, like that. I I would like that series because that's like both two teams who haven't been really in a position of winning in a while. Um, Gordon Hayward, you know, back in the playoffs again. Lamelo Ball, like just pl- playoffs year one, and then against some of these younger guys on the Knicks, like that. I would love to see a series like that. Um, I just the, but you know, then again, they have Tiffs, like you mentioned, he and he's doing. Great work. They have the the veteran playing D Rose and what Julius Randle is doing, but uh, yeah, I think I think it, the them being top five in the East is for sure possible. I just I worry about them in the playoffs, but I don't think Knicks fans would care at that point. Oh no, they beat the playoffs. They, they, they as long as they don't get swept in the first round, I think Knicks Knicks fans will be just so happy if they even make it. There will be a playoff banner up. Yeah, <laughs> immediately, immediately. Yeah, so I got faith in the Knicks. Like, I mean, it, it, Miami and Toronto are really the two teams I think could jump ahead of them there. Does I could I don't know why I blanked on those two teams and I was just thinking about them, but maybe. But like, I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't see Miami and Toronto really getting. They, they haven't been as consistent as New York this year. And uh, it, I know that they're they're all right there together. But give me the Knicks, man. Fuck it, and that it'll make it for a much more. If we get a Boston, New York, and then you can give me like Milwaukee, Miami, in a three six and. Brooklyn, Toronto, and a two-seven or something like that. That I'll take that all day, every day. It'd be it'd be so much fun. Uh, so, what do you got in here for your third one? I got Zach Levine will be traded by the deadline. Ooh, to where? Mm-hmm. You got any, any ideas? No, not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not a clue. I would like. Hopefully, to our Bradley Beal trade comes to fruition. That's yeah, what we've been waiting still- for. I do still want that, but Beals came out and said he, you know, he's down to stay in Washington. I think him and Russ are starting to get a little more chemistry. Um, I still want that. I just want Beal in Chicago more than I want to see Levine leave. Um, I just think I, I think Chicago thought they were going to be better than they were this year. I think Levine's probably getting frustrated at this point. I mean, a player like Levine, I don't want to say because I hate doing this. And I, I I, even tweeted off our account that like Levine just used to be labeled as a dunker. And he's obviously changed his game so much. And he's not just that. Like he, he's a shooter. Uh, he's a playmaker. He can get to the rim at will. He can take guys off the bounce, whatever. Um, I think even with all that, he is a high flyer and he relies a lot on his athleticism to be all those things. And he's already had a few big injuries in his career and guys athleticism just, it just doesn't last that long. It's just human nature. Like not everyone's LeBron James. Uh, so if, if he's playing at that, uh, you know, at such a high level, like he is right now, I just, I don't want to see him on a bad team like this. And I'm sure he knows that he doesn't want to, you know, be riding the Chicago bulls. Um, and trying to do everything he can to get them to be a playoff team. I don't, I don't know. Even if they do make the playoffs, I don't see it, you know, going well for them. They're the 10 seed right now, 16 and 18. It's crazy how tight the East is. Like, it's so possible, but like, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think a change for Levine, a change of scenery would be good for him. Like imagine if like if like a team like Milwaukee was able to grab a guy like Levine, even Golden State, I think that would be cool him and Steph, but I don't think that's, uh, you know, super doable with them kind of just, you know, be fully planning on Clay coming back into his role next year. That, that would be a little weird, but they did it with D'Angelo Russell and kind of just took it because uh, he was a good player and then moved him on his way. 
But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the destination would be, but I see a Zach Levine trade coming. All right. I mean, I'll, I'd be down for. It. I I like this Bulls team. I kind of want to see them going forward. See if they can maybe like make something special out of this. But yeah, Zach's been grinding there, and he's been getting disrespected for years now. Yeah. On that shit show team with Jim Boylan, who was not qualified to be a coach, and everybody's like, "Oh, Levine, like he doesn't try enough on defense." Blah blah. It's like the dude's still like he's still what 23, 24? Like mm-hmm. man. My biggest pet peeve, just quick side tangent. My biggest pet peeve in sports is when people like count out at any any sport, hockey, basketball, football, count out guys when they're like 22, 23. It's like, bro, they look at go and I'm only I'm 24 right now. So I like I can't even really comment on this, but I know damn well in 10 years I I I better be better at what I do for a living than I am at 24 years. Better at everything in life than I am at 24. You can't. You're 24. You don't know shit about anything. So these dudes yeah. like deserve the benefit of the doubt when they have that much talent to to figure it out. And I think Levine's been doing that this year for sure. All right, I'm going with my fourth one, second to last for me. That the Brooklyn. Wow, I almost just said the New Jersey Nets. The Brooklyn <laughs> Nets will end up first place in the Eastern Conference by the end of the year and will I'm not saying that they're going to win the East yet but I don't think they're going to end up first place I just think they're going to go on a tear like in the second half here they're, they've just been figuring it out and rolling they really had that slow start and that's kind of why they were trailing behind but right now they're only a half game back of Philly and I mean they're better than Philly like it's not, I don't even think it's a question that they're better than Philly they're, they think they take their rightful place atop the East there Oh, yeah. I think they're better than Philly also. I have my last take. It might be a little controversial to your take, um, but we're saving that until we get to mine. All right. Well, go, you go next here because that's all I really – we'll go deeper into the Nets then for your last one. Yeah. Um, my fourth one, though, is LeBron James, not MVP, but Defensive Player of the Year. Wow. You yeah, going to turn think, that shit up? Yeah, I think he's – fourth in ratings right now um and yeah i think it might be one of those things where lebron gets quote unquote snubbed (laughs) from another mvp because i mean it is crazy how little mvps he's won and how long he's dominated the league for um but yeah i think he's fourth right now in uh defensive player of the year ratings He's ha- he averages a little over one steal a game, a little over half a block a game, grabs eight total rebounds. And, I mean, LeBron's a good defender. He always kind of has been. It's obviously his la- athleticism and size helps. Um, but, yeah. He's just I- everywhere. He's like, I, he's like a free safety, bro. Like, he'll yeah. just hang out and just be able – he can just – he's so smart at reading. Like, there, there's so many stories of him like telling people like what's that one I can't remember what team it was against where he's like telling them what their play is and they're like telling oh, them you're running the wrong play. He's like, nah, bro, you're supposed to be doing like cutting over here. And then he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, and the JR, like, yeah that's right. That was a JR interview. That was <laughs> awesome, dude. I think oh, it might have been Shumford. It was Shumford, actually. Yeah. Um, when they were both on the Cavs together. He's he's telling dudes on the other team their playbook. Like that's yeah. that's another level, man. That's just another level of understanding basketball. I'm yeah, with just it. such a knack for the game, dude. And I think the, you know, like you mentioned, we might see some more rest for the King uh, second half of the season. But that's also when I feel like they're going to like, try to tighten up and especially defensively. I don't think the Lakers are great defensively right now. I kind of thought they would be a little better. And that's obviously Davis is banged up. And so he's probably out of any award race because 
I'm actually just thinking about it now. I'm pretty sure my 12 takes of Christmas, I said Anthony Davis was going to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Um, so neither of those will probably happen. Probably not an MVP for LeBron, but I do want to see a Defensive Player of the Year out of him. I'm with it. I'd love to see it for Braun. He 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 definitely wants to pile in as much hardware as he can. Yeah, out of the year. shelf, maybe. <laughs> All right, my last one is I'm ending on a downer here, but I don't really care. The Dallas Mavericks are not making the playoffs this year. I just uh, I just don't like I don't like Dallas, man. Like currently, they have a negative point differential, which so does Portland. But I, I believe in Portland a lot more than I do. And Portland also got blown out by 30 against the Suns, so I think that kind of hurt them on that point differential spectrum. But the Mavs, I just don't – I don't like Porzingis. I don't like the team they have around. around I, love on <laughs> I just don't th- – I just think he's like – I don't even know. I'm trying to think of like a comparison for him like in the league right now. Like he's basically like white Andre Drummond, honestly, to me. Like all the empty stats, the rebounds, the points, whatever, but – you know damn well, like he's not helping you win, like at the end of a game, in, in any case like that. And I and there's a lot of rumors that his brothers are just like complete shitheads, and like the worst part about dealing with like that, because there's uh, you know the rumors there've been trade rumors about Porzingis the last couple of weeks, and I saw a story the other day that was like his brothers are the worst, and no team wants to touch it and deal with that. It's like you got that shit going on, like you just got shit to figure out if you want to be like a serious like person in the league, like a star yeah. in this league. Uh, so I don't know this. What, what do his brothers do? Well, I mean, when he remember he got into that big fight, in yeah, just, yeah, I remember, that was his I remember him. I remember that was bloody that. ripped shirt and like <laughs> just bagged some dude to try to like rob him or something. Yeah, but apparently that was a fight that his brother started that he like oh, had yeah. to jump in for. Apparently, I think they're just like shitheads. I think they're just like just a couple of crazies, maybe just some generates, yeah, drunks, just, yeah. And so, I mean, Allegedly. I don't think. Allegedly, yeah, like whatever. But it's the NBA executives coming out saying that. I feel like it definitely goes around in those circles, whatever. Hmm. Um, but you don't see that. You don't see or hear that too often. No, so that's what I mean. When you hear like about the guys like that yeah, they're hanging like, out with, it's usually it. when you hear about people's circles. If you have to hear about it, then it, it's got to be pretty bad. So uh, I don't know. I just don't like the roster around Luca. I think Luca's got to do way too damn much. He needs another star there with him. I agree with that. It's not going to happen. And the, the team's right behind. I mean, I think they'll make the play-in. So, like, because, I mean, right now, right now they're the eight seed. Um, seven seed right in front of them is Denver. And then behind them is Golden State, Memphis, and New Orleans. I think if they have to play one, any of those teams in a one-game thing, I'd pick the other team. Like, I just I just would. I'd pick Ja to – I'd pick the Memphis over all those teams, I think, right now, the way Ja's really? playing. Yeah. Over um, Golden State? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that they'd have any. I mean, who's covering John Morant on Golden State right now? I just don't see it. I mean, Jaron Jackson is like the sleeping giant. I don't know if he's coming back. Is he supposed to come back? I mean, I don't like this team. I just think, like, yeah, I'm, they might not like depending on where. I think it probably will depend on where they're at and if yeah. they are in the play on uh, play in situation. I, I would think they would. I don't think he was supposed to be out for the full season, but it's probably one of those ones where it's close, so they could play it safe or they could, you know. But, yeah, I, I agree with the Dallas stuff. I think that uh, Golden State could for sure beat them, in a, in a, especially if Golden State's in a playing situation. You don't think Curry's going to come with, like, one of the best game plans or Curry's not going to have, like, a 50-point game? Like, Yeah. Well, I almost like want, yeah, I almost, like, want that to happen just so Curry <laughs> yeah. can just put up a 50-burger and move on. 
that's the thing about Golden State is like they were so slow to start this year, but you knew Kerr, Kerr is such a good coach that he was going to figure out. And now they like somehow that team is dangerous and it doesn't make any sense because they really don't have like any shooting besides Steph. Like their their lineup starting lineup is not that good, and they just still can go play with these teams. Uh, Jaron Jackson. It says Grizzlies are optimistic that he will make his season debut sometime after the All-Star break. So, yeah, so he's supposed to be back in the second half. I think he comes back yeah. and he, he gets healthy in the way Jaw's playing. That team's terrifying. New Orleans, the way Zion's been playing lately, definitely terrifying. And the Mavs don't want to see any part of the Nuggets or the Spurs or anybody like that. So, yeah, sorry, Luca, but I don't think we're getting any, any antics in the playoffs this year. And it's going to be a – that's going to be – set up for a really interesting offseason for them because I think they're going to be desperate. I think they're going to want to get with, especially with fans coming back next year and everything, they're going to want to get a team around Luca. So I think it sets up for them to be big players this offseason, trying to make moves, Bradley Beal, whoever else, other stars are going to be available. Yeah. I, um, what was I just going to say? Uh, I'm drawing a blank now, but, um, yeah, all right, I'll move on to my last one, and this is where we can break down the Nets a little bit. Um, I don't think the, the Brooklyn Nets will make the finals. And I know I feel like for any other team, that's kind of like not even really like a hot take, but everyone's kind of saying, you know, Nets finals are bust. Um, this Nets team is fit for the finals, uh, if you ask most NBA fans, just because of the players they have on their team. I mean, it's just ridiculous to still think about like watching Kyrie and Harden last night and just thinking that, Oh yeah, they have that guy that what's his name, Kevin Durant too. Um, so it's just, it's obviously it's kind of written for them. Like they, they should make it to the finals. I don't think they're gonna, I think that they might have, you know, whatever it is, whether Kyrie takes off again, or if Harden Kyrie and KD, like what if, Kyrie and Harden are just getting super comfortable and KD takes a little bit longer than expected to come back. He comes back and then it's like, you know, there's only one ball, that whole situation that everyone's worried about. Um, I could see them crumbling a bit and, you know, their defense, the defensive problems haven't really been fixed. They've been playing better team defense as a whole, but, you know, they didn't bring in any studs on the defensive end. They didn't, their interior uh, defending hasn't gotten much better. We, we talked about on the, pregame last night that Claxton's been playing well for them. He's a long, um, wiry guy, but you know, I just, I think there's some teams in the East that could expose them in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that defense. I mean, they're going to be able to outscore anybody, but mm -hmm. like at the end of a game, the thing about the East is just like the, the only team, if, if your Celtics get somebody like if, if Jeremy Grant comes in, that's the guy I, the, I seeing that name pop up that, that I'm just sold on that. Like that's the move that needs to be made. But if they get somebody like that, that's the only team that can guard them. Like Marcus, like from one through five in a series, if they you take Kemba out and put those four on, put those three on the court with smart and Jalen and Tatum, like they can at least match up with the nuts one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, Tatum's going to have a hell of a time with Durant, but who doesn't have a hell of a time with Kevin yeah. Durant? Like it's Kevin Durant, but Jalen would be perfect for Harden and smart would be perfect for Kyrie in that kind of situation. I don't see it with Philly because Embiid's just going to get run off the court man. like, he's not gonna be able to keep up with those guys. And same Milwaukee has not proven that, that they're any different to me than they have been in years past, especially. And the, the thing about Brooklyn too, is the end of game situations. Like we were talking about a couple weeks ago, 
they're going to be deadly in every single end of game situation. Um, I think we, we, we touched on that. I don't remember when we were talking about that, but it, when you talk, think about a playoff series, you, you really just got to look at like, all right, when it's the last four minutes, like how many, how many guys on both of these teams can just go and get a bucket? Cause it's going to slow down. Shit's going to get ugly. You're going to yeah. run a play and dude's not going to get open because defense is tough. So how many guys can just go and get a bucket? And of all these teams, bro, like the Sixers don't have that guy. Like Brooklyn last night, I, I, problem. <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn has an embarrassment of riches when it comes to that. But when yeah. you look at Philly, like Philly last night, I, I thought Philly was fucked in that game. I was really surprised when they ended up pulling that out because at the end of the game, they're going to like Embiid post-ups. And it's like, like obviously like Joel is incredible, but that's just not the, the, the set I want to run. And Especially you can't run Utah. Yeah. With Gobert there. You, and, yeah. and you can't, you can't run it through Ben Simmons. You can't run it through. It's not. And then, so then you're talking about, that's why we were talking about Kyle Lowry earlier. Like that, he's the perfect guy. Cause who, who else are you going to run it through that? If you can't run it through Simmons and you can't run it through Embiid for Philly. And we know what it looks like when they try to run shit through Giannis. So is it good? Is Drew, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton going to be able to match up with Kyrie and James Harden? That's just the toughest thing I see. But the, the Celtics, the Boston Celtics, if they get their shit together, they at least have those guys that can be like, go out there and score in those moments. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's it looks ugly for them too, but at least I know that they've got the ability to do it consistently. Yeah. If we see the Kemba that we've seen the last That's true, yeah. three games in the playoffs, I mean, I think I understand all the, you know, hate and where we're you know worried fans about Kemba and you know just even people who aren't fans just people who follow the league and saying you know Kemba's been bad like he's he hasn't been great but I mean you still have to remember the type of player he is he um I, I heard something interesting the other night not to go off about the Celts but he's actually since he's sitting on back-to-backs like he's not getting practice because they really aren't practicing too much right now. So like since he's come back from his injury, like his practice other than shoot arounds, like have been in games. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you, like I feel like all that has to be taken into account. Obviously in the playoffs, you don't have to play back to backs. Um, so, you know, if, I mean, if this Kemba Walker's in there too, obviously, like you said, defensively, you'd kind of want it to be smart Brown and Tatum or if they go for a guy like Grant, you know, smart brown or tatum and grant mm-hmm. um but it, i mean having a scoring option like kemba to you know kind of he's uh, he's good for those back and forth like if kd's going down knocking down a three like kemba will come back go off that l- a little curl screen and he'll knock down a three you saw it a little bit the other night um and they went over the clippers he was doing that with paul george a bit i think they have the firepower as you mentioned to put up and i don't even know if the Celts are going to be the one to beat the Nets, but my thing is just that they're not going to make the finals. But yeah, I agree. The Celts, you know, like you said, get their shit together and yeah. they could probably pull it off. Well, the playoffs are a different story, I think, when it comes with, especially when Boston will be there. Like it's going to, it's going to look different. Everything always looks different in the playoffs. And the East is going to be really interesting in the playoffs because all these teams, this like, year too. Yeah. And all these teams, theoretically, like we don't have a proven team in the East as a favorite. And I mean, because, I mean, Miami, like, it was Milwaukee really dominating the last two years, but everybody's – no one's going to give them the benefit of the doubt in the playoffs at this point. Um, and then Miami and Toronto, like, are shells of – not shells, but they have not looked like championship-level teams like they were the last two years. 
I would say my last hot take just quick here is that I, I think my pick before the season, I'm pretty sure my pick was still Brooklyn, Boston. Cause I picked Boston mm-hmm. in the finals. I'm still picking that for the Eastern conference finals, but I think it'd be more likely that Brooklyn plays Miami or Toronto than they play the 76ers or bucks in the conference finals, just because I've seen those teams do it at the end of games and be able to like Toronto's not going down without a fight. They can get buckets no matter what. Mm-hmm. I know that. And I know Miami, I know Jimmy Butler is going to be able to go get a bucket at any point at the end of a game. And that's really what I want to see from Milwaukee, from dudes on Milwaukee and Philly. Like I have not seen that yet. And that's, what's going to hold them back. Giannis and Embiid got to be able to take over at the end of these games in playoff situations. And so that, that's the only thing I can think you could slip up for those guys. And that would give Brooklyn the easier road. But I think that Brooklyn's going to have trouble with a Boston, with a Miami, with a, a New York Knicks team with Toronto, like those defensive teams that can really lock down, but still have those guys that can go get theirs too. As if we somehow saw a Knicks Nets playoff series and the Knicks get the upset. That would be amazing. Bro. The whole NBA would just burn to the ground. No Damn. one would ever believe that the Nets are going to be like, it would never be a Nets town ever again. We never hear the end of it. The oh first year they go down to the Knicks of all teams. <laughs> Everyone's timeline would just be filled with dead ass Timberland boots. And <laughs> we'd have all that. Um, all right. So that'll just about do it here for us tonight um on our episode here with our second half predictions we will be back next week after the all-star break we'll have some pregame shows coming at you um i don't remember what the games are next week off the top of my head so we'll have that up for you guys don't forget to subscribe to and like this podcast uh mm-hmm. give us five star reviews we're on spotify we're on apple this podcast is also uploaded to our youtube page so subscribe to that at happy hour hoops one on all our social media platforms don't forget to follow at Trainwreck Sports on Twitter. It's sports without the O. Uh, Donnie, you got anything else here before we go? No. Yeah, just to reiterate what you said, um, toss us a follow. And Jake mentioned our pregame shows. Those happen live on Twitter, either off our Twitter account or Trainwreck Sports. So like he said, make sure you follow those. Um, it's just a, you know, it's a little way to – Get to know the two teams that are playing that night. If you want to, we usually do them an hour to a half hour before the games. Uh, Come join us, have a drink with us. Um, Yeah. And we're always interacting with followers on Twitter. So do that as well and talk some basketball and have a drink with us. Why not? Quick before we go, dunk contest winner, Anthony Simons, Cassius Stanley, or Obi Toppin? Who do you think? Obi Toppin. Ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. I'm going to be twice um, live or in person in college. And he threw down a super NBA like windmill dunk um, his senior year. And it was so electric. UMass was getting beat by like 30 and I didn't even care. <laughs> I had to, oh, I had to refrain from screaming, but yeah, I'm going Obi Toppin. He's my guy. Three point contest. We got Devin Booker, Stephen Curry, your boys, Jalen and Jason. And then oh. Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, who you got? Mm, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Who you got? I'm going, I'm going Zach Levine. I think, Levine, I like I think it's going to be Levine's weekend. I think Levine is also going to make a guest spot in the dunk contest. I, don't, I think he's saving that for us. I think he's saved, he, said, he said he would come back to the dunk contest if he made All-Star. That was last year. And now he's not in. But we, usually it's four people. It's only been three. So we get to see like a surprise entrance. 
music drops, let Zach Levine hits the court back out from the locker room <laughs> and comes out there, starts dunking on fools. That's what I want to see. Uh, the draft's about to happen in like now. So I guess we can't really predict the game at all. Um, I'm guessing LeBron picks Steph Curry first, though. I really want to see LeBron and Steph on the same team. And then Durant's obviously going to pick his boy Kyrie to start off. LeBron ain't picking Kyrie. That's for damn sure. No, that'd be crazy <laughs> if he just played the ball. Durant, Kyrie and Durant would both be so livid, bro. It'd be great. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for tonight. Enjoy the All-Star break, and we'll be back with some games next week. See you later. All right.